1: like America is unraveling before our very
0: eyes. Today Pastor Greg Laurie points out the need for spiritual renewal and how believers are called into service. They might be addressing the U.S. specifically but it's a timely message for us all including here in Australia.
1: God has not called us to isolate. He's called us to infiltrate. He's called us to permeate and to saturate our culture with the truth of the gospel.
0: This is the God has limitless power, He's omnipotent, but He often calls His ever-so-limited children to help Him to accomplish His kingdom agenda. We're limited not only in our abilities, but also in our willingness. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to embrace God's plan for the spiritual transformation of our culture. And he shows us that God empowers those he directs. He sends us to do a job, he gives us the tools to get it done. This is the day, the
1: day when life begins. I hope you have a Bible. And if you do, turn to Matthew chapter five. So I heard a story about a woman that was walking down a beach and she sees something embedded in the sand. She bends down to see what it is and it looked like a lamp. So she reached down, picked it up, brushes the sand off, and sure enough, it's a lamp and a genie appears. And he says, "Oh, Master, I will grant to you one wish.'" She thought about it for a moment and she pulls out a map of the Middle East. She says, Jeannie, there's always been conflict in the Middle East and I would like them to have some kind of a peace agreement that they could live by. So Jeannie, that's my one wish. I want peace in the Middle East. He said, are you crazy? There's no way that's ever going to happen. You've got to come up with something else. So she says, well, you know what, Jeannie, I've always wanted to find one good man. One that is considerate and kind and fun and loves to cook and help with the house cleaning. One that will smother me with affection and attention and he won't just sit around on the couch watching sports all day long. Yeah, that's what I want, Jeannie. I want one good man. The genie says, let me see that map again. (laughs) You know, sometimes things seem impossible, right? But the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. But doesn't it seem like America is unraveling before our very eyes? I mean, this is a nation that was built on the word of God. We call it Judeo-Christian values. And we really did build this nation on those principles. Uh, There was a time in our nation when we had the Ten Commandments on the wall of every classroom. We just talked about the Ten Commandments recently. Think about that. They were everywhere. And even today, if you go to Washington, D.C., the Ten Commandments are there in the U.S. Supreme Court building. Imagine if we would follow those Ten Commandments it's so important. It could change our nation. But no, we got those 10 commandments off the classroom walls and we've disregarded them and we're now seeing the effects of it. The Bible says when you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. But think of the foundation of this unique nation that we have the privilege of living in. Our first president, George Washington, made this statement, and I quote, to the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the even more distinguished character of Christian, end quote. Uh, James Madison, the fourth U.S. president, made this statement, quote, cursed be all that learning that is contrary to the cross of Jesus Christ. I like that. But some will say, oh no, America was not built on a biblical foundation or Judeo-Christian principles. What are you talking about? Do you think you could protest like people are protesting in America right now. In other countries like China or Cuba they would be quickly stopped if not imprisoned and executed. Now the very liberty that we have to express our feelings and declare our rights was given to us because we built this on the foundation of a belief in God. So here's what it comes down to. This foundation has eroded. It was John Adams, our second president, who made this statement, and I quote, The United States Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. End quote. This is why the idea of nation building has not worked as we've tried to do it in other parts of the world. See, our nation was born out of the soil of revival. We have another George on our history, not George Washington, but George Whitfield. He was an evangelist from England and he came over to the colonies and preached the gospel And thousands and thousands of people believed and it was in the wake of this revival that our nation was formed. So we're a nation built out of revival and I think if we're gonna continue as a nation, we're a nation that needs to return to revival or a spiritual awakening or to simplify it, we need to return to God. We have a choice as a nation. Two choices really, judgment or revival. Listen, judgment is coming to every nation of the world, including America. But we're praying that judgment will be postponed by God a little bit longer and that we might see at least one more spiritual awakening. Peter Marshall, uh, the former chaplain to the U.S. Senate, once made this statement, and I quote, the choice before us is plain, Christ or chaos, conviction or compromise, discipline or disintegration. So, do we have any hope in America? Is there anything we can do as followers of Jesus to help our nation turn in the right direction? I think the answer is a resounding yes, and it's found in the words of Jesus right here in Matthew chapter five. Starting in verse 13, he says, You are the salt Of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be thrown down and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father which is in heaven. Salt and light. Why did Jesus use these two word pictures? Because the world is a very dark place and the world is an evil place. And so Jesus uses two very intentional illustrations to explain to us what we need to do as his followers. Uh, To start, the biblical worldview of this culture is it is dark and it is getting darker. It's, It's our nature as people. We always go in the wrong direction. We always default toward sinful things, never toward godly things. General Omar Bradley once made this incredible statement We have grasped the mystery of the atom, but we have forgotten the Sermon on the Mount. The world has achieved brilliance without conscience. Ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants, end quote. And that is so very true. So as we look at America and we see that we're going the wrong direction, we say, well, that's it. There's nothing we can do. I think there are things that we can do. Here's what we should not do. We should not try to escape the culture altogether or engage in isolation. That's virtually impossible. But to make the point, God has not called us to isolate. He's called us to infiltrate. He's called us to permeate and to saturate our culture with the truth of the gospel. He's not called us to evade, he's called us to invade, to go into all the world and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Now it's a tricky balance, uh, because the Bible says, don't love the world, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, And we're also told in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world. But yet at the same time, Jesus says in John 17, Uh, I'm not gonna take them out of the world. I'm gonna keep them safe from the evil one. And then he says to the Father, I'm sending them into the world. Listen, the only way to change the world is to go into the world with the gospel. So we don't want this culture to change us, but yes, we do want to change the culture. So let's not try to withdraw. Let's try to be a good influence.
0: Thanks for listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harbour's Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And today he's pointing out how we're Christian soldiers and our job is to infiltrate and permeate the culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's continue.
1: So this is a battle that we're engaged in and we're either winning or losing in this battle. We're either advancing or retreating because as believers we must realize that we are behind enemy lines. I was watching a World War II film recently and there's a scene where the commanding officer says to the paratroopers of Easy Company that we're behind enemy lines, uh, a Panzer division is about to cut you off And you guys are going to be surrounded. And the lieutenant in charge of Easy Company says, we're paratroopers, we're supposed to be surrounded. How true. (laughs) See, we've been dropped behind enemy lines. Yeah, we're surrounded by people that don't share our views. We are in hostile territory. And not everybody's gonna respond in the affirmative to the message that we give uh, some will respond favorably to the message of the gospel that we're proclaiming and come to faith, and others will not. Second Corinthians 2.14, Paul says, Now, wherever we go, he uses us to tell others about the Lord and to spread the good news like a sweet perfume. Our lives, Paul writes, are like a fragrance presented by Christ to God. And this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are Perishing. So we're a fragrance to some and, well, a stench to others. You know, some people wear too much cologne. And just a little tip for you people that love cologne or perfume, uh, less is more, just a little. You know, I've seen people like have a pool of it in the palm of their hand, throw it on. And then everyone they come into contact with smells like that cologne. So you don't want to be that person but it can be a fragrance when you're a follower of Jesus, something that's wonderful. A believer enters a room. A believer enters the conversation. A believer in the culture, they can change the temperature of a room. They can change so many things. Sometimes it's their presence. And then, of course, what they say makes a huge difference as well. But what is a fragrance to some (laughs) is a stench to others. Take garlic as an example. Garlic Is great on food. Garlic smells good when it's cooking, but it doesn't smell so great when it's on someone's breath afterwards, does it? So living godly will reach some people and other people will be offended by it. But look, my job is to live and share the gospel. But before I can effectively tell them, I must first live it. Because nothing is a worse witness than a hypocritical Christian. You know, I encourage believers to share their faith. If you're a Christian, I encourage you to engage people in evangelistic conversations. But let me say something that might surprise you. For some people out there, I would say, please don't talk about Jesus. You say, Greg, you just contradicted yourself. No, here's what I'm saying if you're seeking to live a godly life, not a perfect life, well, I'll fall short. We'll all mess up. But you're seeking to live a godly life. By all means, look for opportunities to talk about Jesus. But if you are living a hypocritical life, if you are contradicting what the Bible says by the way that you live, please do us all a favor and don't talk about Jesus. In fact, you might just focus on repenting of your sin and getting right with God before you talk to others. But I think our culture today is looking for authenticity. Authenticity. A.W. Tozer, a preacher from days gone by, made this statement, and I quote, the world is waiting to hear an authentic voice, a voice from God. Not an echo from what others are doing and saying, but an authentic voice, end quote. And I think that is so very true. So we wanna be salt. Salt effectively earns us the right to be light. Let me explain. You see, salt, back in its day, was something of great value. And in fact, Roman soldiers would sometimes be paid in salt. Hence the term, oh, he's not worth his salt. Salt was valuable. Uh, Salt was something that stopped the the spread of rotting in meat. They would cut the meat up in strips and, and they would embed salt in it so it could be preserved. This was before refrigeration. And in the same way, that's what we should be doing as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, it's Christians that stop the spread of evil in our culture today. It's Christians that stand up for the rights of the unborn. It's Christians that speak out against. Racism and try to bring about reconciliation. It's Christians that are out there doing good works, helping people who are in need. If they believe as we believe or not, that's what it means to be salt out in our culture today. And another thing that salt does is it stimulates thirst. You know, remember back when we used to go to movies? <laughs> well, you would get some popcorn and you know all of those things you get at the concession stand were so expensive it's like you can get a, a little popcorn a medium size and then one the size of a garbage can right and they fill it up and you know you can get free refills okay thanks and you walk out with your giant thing of popcorn but they oversalt it and you're thirsty and you come and say excuse me can I get a glass of water I'm sorry we're not allowed to give these cups out uh, but here's a little thimble you can get some water over there from the hose or you can buy some bottled water for $40. That's more than you would <laughs> ever drink in a single lifetime. And that's just kind of the way it works. But salt stimulates thirst, right? And if you're really living for Jesus as you want to and being the salt of the earth, you will stimulate in others a desire to know God. Think of it as going out with someone to eat. Maybe someone invited you to dinner and you had already eaten. And he said, well, I'll go along and just sit with you as you eat all of a." cup of coffee. And so they order their burger and their fries and and their malt. And you're just sitting there drinking your coffee. And you say, hey, man, could I I have one of those fries? Sure. Take all you want. And you eat that fry. Why is stolen food so much better than food that you order yourself? (laughs) You know, sometimes when my wife is cooking, she cuts things up in little portions. Oh, here's the carrots, here's the tomatoes, and I'll go over and take a little carrot. Don't take those! Those are the portions. You'll mess up the portions. But there's something very exciting about stolen food. Anyway, going back to the fry. So you eat the fry, and for some unknown reason, that's the greatest French fry you've ever had in your life. And then you order your own, and they're not usually as good as the fry you took from someone else. Here's my point. When someone's enjoying a meal, it makes you hungry. And in the same way, when someone's walking with God and loves the Lord, it makes you want to know Jesus as well. This is what won me over to Christ. It was Christians living as Christians ought to live, and it was a very attractive thing to me. But you know what's sad is when Christians are not salty. Look at Matthew 5 13. Jesus says, You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man. Wow. Heavy duty words from Christ. Good for nothing. Basically, Jesus is saying, if salt isn't salty, what good is it? I was with a friend some time ago, and we went to a coffee place, and, and I got my normal cappuccino with an extra shot of espresso, and, and he said he would like to have a decaf low-fat latte. And I just looked at him and said, why? I mean, what, why don't you just order an empty cup and pretend you're drinking something? I mean, decaf? low fat all the fun is gone right and what we have today are decaf disciples uh what we have today are christians that aren't salty like they ought to be or like when a coke goes flat who wants to drink it we have uncarbonated christians and jesus is saying what good is it if you're not being the salt that i have called you to be
0: Greg Laurie pointing out that we need to be robust, full strength productive representatives of Christ right where we are well next time Pastor Greg brings more insight on how we can affect our culture and begin a spiritual awakening be sure to find out the part you can play next time on A New Beginning Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called This Is Your Wake Up Call If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 00 50 11 or visionstore.org.au